Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. It's a podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becca and my my co-host, Hari. Hello. All right. In this episode, we will talk about GameStop. You know, it's been a few weeks since the Game Saga took place. But nonetheless, uh, we thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about what happened and uh, sort of lessons learned uh, from that event. So uh, before we do that, Hari, quick disclaimer for us. Yeah, this is a Value Investor TV podcast. We're a podcast that helps you understand the concepts behind uh, value investing. We are not financial advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So please consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment decisions. Excellent. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. So GameStop, uh, can you give us a quick rundown of what happened? Yeah, so there's a lot of things that, you know, are were occurring here. I think the the first part of this is um, hedge funds have been shorting GameStop for a long time now, um, with the intent of if you lower the price enough on a stock, the company will actually not be able to raise funds because you know GameStop is struggling. You know, with it's still profitable but still struggling, um, and if they need to raise money to pay off debt. Uh, they will struggle with um, being able to... So the best way that they can do that is sell equity on the market. Well, when the equity price of a of GameStop is $3 a share, they're not going to generate a lot of money uh, with an equity sale. So um, this group on Reddit uh, called Wall Street Bets, which has been around for a long time, um, started pumping the stock by, you know, buying and holding you know and uh on that and they got an infusion from uh the owner of a uh, of chewy and some other groups that put in money so the funny thing about it is the hedge funds had shorted more than a hundred percent of the stock of gamestop which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it so they're the wall street bets which i mean who doesn't love the underdog right goes out and you know starts buying this and it creates a short squeeze right and there's different levels of short squeeze that they hit where it basically went to the moon right so it went up to like four hundred dollars a share from like a base of like 10 right so this is kind of insane when you think about it right that this company was heavily shorted but what kind of drew a lot of public ire criticism and so on was that uh, the brokerage firms, um, Robinhood was actually insolvent. Um, they did not have enough funds to support the, um, the trading volume. Um, and so what, what happens is your Robinhood and all these other brokerages actually go through clearing houses. Clearing houses are actually what moves shares in and out. And you have to have enough cash to cover the volume and the margin and all of these things that are going on. And Robinhood had to halt trading because they wouldn't be able to cover the liquid liquidity of the situation. So as a result of all of this, this trading in these uh, in these shares of GameStop got halted. Um, the stock price was went down because the hedge funds were not restricted by their ability to to sell. Um, and so they shorted the stock back down to 40 and then it went up again last week and then kind of fell down, fell back down to earth a little bit, but not completely. The funny thing is GameStop was not the only one that did this. There was AMC networks. There was several other 
companies that were heavily shorted that kind of rode the train, you know, as it were. So why should we care, right? Well, I'm not suggesting that you go and read Wall Street bets and then follow their advice, right? We are investors here. Um, there are people there who are following the value part of the investment strategy on Wall Street bets. Um, but that being said, $400 a share is far more value than GameStop is worth, right? And so the normal mechanism of action here is to sell when it gets high. Uh, and they didn't, right? But there are certain people who did who profited tremendously from that, right? Um, so what all of this kind of says when you get down to the, you know, to the meat of it is it's hard for me to believe that people weren't really pumping the stock right at the end of the day, because there were certain people who sold out, right? So there were some people who were there for an idealistic screw the hedge fund kind of mentality. And there were others who were there for making a profit. And I don't have a problem with them making a profit. I mean, it's, you know, what, what happened, you know, what you should do in the market. Um, but again, this is all goes back to speculation, right? I don't know that GameStop, I mean, you and I covered this stock about a year and a half ago or, or so. And we thought it was fairly valued at around $20 a share when it was trading at like five or something like that. I, I don't know the specifics, you know, I'd have to go back and look, but it's certainly not worth 400, right? And, you know, I can say that safely. And I think the the moral of the story here is that um, as value investors, you know, we've we've always talked about there's two kind of businesses. There's the cigar butt model, which is stock is not great, but it's way undervalued. And if you buy and hold and sit on it, you will see it grow. Uh, and then you sell it once because it's, you know, you're done with it. Um, and then there's the long-term play where you buy a great business at a fair price and you hold on to it for hopefully forever. Um, and GameStop fit into that for former category. So um, I, I would encourage people to look for those kind of businesses. You're not going to see it go up 20 X um, like GameStop did, but you may, you may find one that can go up 10 X or five X or uh, just because it's so cheap, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I think this is the, this is the kind of the crux of misunderstanding a lot of the, of, of a lot of the value investor folks is that, you know, they think that when you think about value investors, they think of, they only think of the first strategy of buying cheap company, cigar butt strategy, you know, cash asset that's over market cap, you buy that and then you hold it and then you sell it. And that's sort of, the, that's sort of a traditional kind of book value driven value investing approach. When in fact, value investing, I think, has uh, more flavors than that. Uh, but in this case, in particular, GameStop and some other companies, you can find these sort of companies where, you know, the the the, the market has underpriced it so much that uh, it is it is a value play in a traditional sense, and you can find those. And it's hard to find those companies that are in big sort of market cap, like mid to large market cap. You're not going to find those as much. But if you go down to like micro cap, nano caps, you know, you will, you will find those more often. Um, but that, that's just, again, that's just one way of playing value investing. And then there's the other ways of playing value investing where you hold really good companies and you'd buy them not at a cheap price, but at a fair price. And then you just hold them forever. So 
Yeah. And, and I, the, the thing I will say is that, um, anything that is trading below the value, right? Essentially investing as we practice it is time arbitrage, right? So we're taking a, a something and sitting on it until, you know, waiting until other people estimate the value the way we do, and then the price gets bid up, right? And so a lot of people are impatient. <clears throat> they want things to happen immediately. And if it doesn't, they sell and go on to the next thing and the next thing. And if you're in a hedge fund, you have no way of um, of essentially doing that without, uh, you, you have, you know, investors that you have to meet timelines and deadlines and so forth. So you kind of force your hand into this shorting model, which we're seeing, right? You short companies because it's easier to push the price down than it is to see it necessarily go up. Uh, Becco and I have had lots of experience watching companies that we've owned be shorted heavily, right? Um, but at the end of the day, those things you know come back up, right? Because eventually the value of it gets realized. So I've never shorted a company. As far as I know, Becco has never shorted a company and, and the reason for that is that if you just sit and wait, the value will be realized. And I've done this long enough that I've never actually seen a company not have the value realized at some point. So if you just wait long enough, and we're not talking forever, we're talking three years, five years, you will actually see the value realized. The difference is that a good business, <clears throat> the value keeps increasing every year. And a lousy business, the value may be flat or de decreasing every year, but that doesn't mean it still doesn't hit its value target. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, those are those are good points. Awesome. Um, anything else to add on GameStop? No, I, I think the uh, this is going to continue to happen. Right, this is not the first time it's happened. Um, it's never definitely not going to be the last time it's happened. Um, I, the only reason we wanted to bring this up is more of a, to understand why it happened, right? And I, I would tell you that um, businesses that are heavily shorted are are pretty good, you know, are pretty good place to, to look for investment ideas. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're not being shorted for a good reason, right? But there are still definitely stocks that are shorted heavily, but are actually good buys. So they're worth looking. That's into. a good point. That is a good point. Um, it's a fertile ground to look for potential opportunities. I would say in a in a paradoxically fifty two week low list, and then the number of stocks that's heavily shorted. You rank them and then figure out top twenty most heavily shorted stocks and look at reasons why. In most cases, they are uh, they are low for a reason. They you know there there's something wrong with the company. But then you you'll find one or two opportunities where, um, you know, the market just hasn't realized its true potential. It's hard to do. It's a lot of work. You just need to go through them one by one. That's where a lot of the the fundamental analysis comes into play. But it, it is a fertile ground to yep. your point. Yep, makes a lot of sense. And I'll just add one more thing about this this event recurring. You know, all the things we talked about in previous two episodes: stimulus, inflation. Money is hungry for returns, and it will seek returns wherever they are. And now, with money, more money in the pocket, people are going to have have more. You know, more money is coming to the market, hungry for returns, and speculative animal spirit is out there. 
and you know, things like this will continue to happen i am i'm sure uh, so um yeah just to tie back to the couple of topics that we talked about in the previous episode all right so that sort of ends it for gamestop uh let's let's move on to cryptocurrency bitcoin um obviously uh Full disclosure, you know, I have, uh, I am invested in cryptocurrency, and I think you are too, Hari. I'm not uh, actually not anymore. Um, not anymore. Okay. Yeah, I I sold it when I had uh, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and bought more stocks with it because stocks were cheap. So. Gotcha. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, you've been you've been aware of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin in particular, for quite a bit. I think you mined some yourself, didn't you? I did. Yeah, in 2013 or so, I mined several Bitcoin actually. So, um, you know, the uh, the I, I I was actually well aware of it when it first started in 2008, I think, or 2009. You know, I saw the uh, thing. I could have mined many more hundreds of coins if I wanted to, but I, I just never got into it until about 2010, 2011. Um, mm-hmm. And then I built a mining I think rig. this is all related. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff we talked about, stimulus check, inflation, and then Bitcoin. Yeah. And, and obviously GameStop, they're all sort of related in that people are looking for ways to protect themselves from potential uh, runaway inflation. Right. Um, I think one of the things, I mean, please kind of talk about the merits of bitcoin why people think it is um you know why people think why why people are piling onto it and then potential uh, downsides and and the risks involved Ari. yeah so so bitcoin you know and cryptocurrency in general were kind of this idea that you can with electricity you can essentially and and you know complex cryptographic algorithms you can keep track of uh, transactions on what's called the blockchain, which is essentially just a, a, a ledger of uh, what all transactions have occurred um, when they, you know, when you transfer money between parties. Um, and so the advantage, so Bitcoin is not anonymous, uh, what, despite what people say, like you can track it and then identify people based on that, or at least their wallet that um, the, the coins generated from. But the advantage of Bitcoin is that it is a store of value, as as the proponents would tell you, is that the store of value here is um, that you can use this money to or use this externally from cash and be able to transmit it to anybody who has a Bitcoin wallet. So imagine if you're in Argentina or you know something like that and you want to transmit money to California. Um, traditional methodologies would require, you know, currency exchange, taxes, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but if you have Bitcoin, it's very easy to transmit this digitally um, without any, you know, ha- you know, hassle. Um, <clears throat> so there's there's a, lots of problems though with Bitcoin, right? So one of it is the vol- volatility of it. So to give you an idea of, you know, I mined coins, and at the very beginning of when I mined them, I used it to pay for services on the internet. Well, those services that, you know, when Bitcoin was $300, you know, I, I spent an entire coin on, you know, one of those. Well, now when Bitcoin is $50,000, I just wasted $50,000 on that one transaction, right? So when you consider that 
Bitcoin is fixed. There's only 21 million coins that are ever be issued, ever be issued. It's deflationary, right? So there's, there's no increase in the supply. So people want to hoard Bitcoin, right? Because there's a fixed amount of it. If I spend it today, it'll be worth a lot more tomorrow. So I hold on to it, right? So if you look at other coins like Ethereum and stuff like that, um, they, ha they have some inflationary amount built into it that Bitcoin doesn't. Um, so what does this all mean? Um, you know, I, I think the biggest risk that people are not paying attention to here is that, you know, this is a commodity, right? It's a commodity that has um, has been adopted by governments and, or I'm sorry, by companies and so forth slowly over time. Um, but it's a commodity nonetheless. I can't tell you what the value of this is, right? Ten years ago, the, the value of Bitcoin was, you know, a few dollars. Now it's $50,000. Is it going to be $2 million next year? Is it going to be 20 cents next year? I have no idea, right? Because there's no inherent cash flow that can be generated from the coin, right? So what uh, So what I'm going to just, uh, you know, to finish with it is I mine these coins for mostly for just curiosity, right? And the fact that it raised, you know, went up to like, I don't know, I sold it at like eight or $9,000 per coin was nice. I mean, it was great that I had it, but it was more valuable to me, you know, that I bought stocks, which have also appreciated four or five X, you know, from the, the price that I paid for them. Um, so I'm net not really out much in the way of Bitcoin, right? You know, my, my Bitcoin purchase, I don't really regret at this point or set in my sale, um, you know, because I'm even to where, you know, the stocks that I bought have also appreciated. Um, so long story short, it's a commodity. I, I don't know what it's worth. I don't think investing in it long term is as safe as a lot of people are thinking, right? Because it's speculation. You know, I think with Bitcoin, it's 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 hard to assess. It's hard to assess using it's hard to assess the value using traditional method of like cash flow, uh, sort of this kind of cash flow valuation metrics. Yep. Just because it is not it is not something that's going to throw out cash. You know, from intrinsic value calculation standpoint, it's very difficult to assess it. It's in fact, if you do that, the value is zero because it's just like gold. Right. It doesn't throw out any cash, but then there are obvious utilities behind it, and there that's why people are are flocking to it. So I think it's, I think I think we have to be careful how how we assess something like this, um, because I do see a potential in this, and I do see potential uh, as a store of value, but also other cryptocurrencies. But having said that, it is highly speculative, mm -hmm. right? It, we, I mean, it is speculative in that, like, who, who knows what's going to happen? It, it's, it's an uncharted territory, and so you have to approach it with caution. But I do see, I do see an upside with it, but also just being mindful of that, of, of the, of the, the speculative nature of, of, uh, of, of some of these, uh, some of these coins. So, I think that's, I think that sort of wraps up. Um, our conversation on on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Anything else you want to add here, Hari? No, I mean I I I'll just add you know as if you're looking as this as a you know a, a, there's a lot of people young people especially who are thinking of Bitcoin crypto and also so forth as the long term play <clears throat> you know for your retirement and so forth. Just 
remember that you know the stock market um, and businesses in general are things that actually can you can value and that the value is something that can grow over time right and that that is far more um, that is far better of, you know a way to and more reliable way to make money right if you were in at the you know when Bitcoin was a dollar yeah you make you you got lucky right but that that that's not based on science or your ability to actually know that something is going to go go up right you're far better off investing in businesses because they actually generate cash flow for a long period of time um and you know i i think you're you know as this is a value investing group we value businesses if you can't value it then it's speculation right so you're just hoping somebody else is going to pay you more over the you know over the long haul thank you to all our listeners on youtube who've kind of <clears throat> started uh uh following us you know our nick our uh video guy has done a great job with uh you know making the you know youtube uh videos you know useful with you know the lower thirds and things like that uh, we'd really appreciate it if you are uh watching on youtube to uh like comment and subscribe and hit the notification bell um, that really helps us grow our channel. To let everybody know, we've also started a uh, Patreon page. Uh, it's not fully up yet, but we will um, send the link out in our Slack channel uh, and uh, have it available on our YouTube video uh, links in the in the description. We'd really appreciate it if you are interested in you know help supporting us. You know we the money that we are getting there is not to um, you know you know for us to pocket or anything like that. It is. Uh, to help us grow the channel, to make, you know, better content, uh, more content, <clears throat> and give you guys access to us, um, you know, in more one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one situations or, you know, one-on-few situations so you can ask us questions, uh, talk about your portfolio more, um, questions that you may have about investing and so forth. So we'd really appreciate it if you, um, you know, if you, you know, when we get the Patreon page up, um, if you'd come and take a look at, look at it with us. Um, and, um, you know, cause I think we have a, we have a lot, uh, coming down the pipe and we, you know, would, would love to have you guys aboard, uh, for all of it. All right. Well, um, that'll wrap it up for this episode. We will be, um, coming back with a company, uh, uh, for the next episode, um, which I think will be very interesting for everybody involved because, um, this is, not our traditional kind of uh, uh, discussion. Instead of talking about a great business at a fair price, we're talking about a <clears throat> uh, a mediocre business at a very, very good price. Um, and I think it'll be worth uh, uh, you tuning in. So I hope you will join us for the next episode. Thanks.